When Cassie and Miss Stevens eventually came in search of him, he promptly rose to his feet and bowed over Miss Stevens' hand, thanked her for a splendid dinner, and said he must take his leave. He looked so sombre and grim that Miss Stevens felt uncomfortable and wondered whether her cooking had given him indigestion. Lord Peter strode back to Bramfield Park under a full moon. The air was full of scents of summer, wild roses mixed with the tangy smell of wild garlic. A fox slid across the road in front of him. It was a night made for love and romance, a night for wandering through the country lanes with someone you loved. Strange, he had not thought of love for a long time. All those yearnings he had had in his early youth, he had considered long gone. As he approached Bramfield Park, he pictured the elegance of its rooms, the dullness of the conversation, which no amount of beautiful objects could compensate for. And then he thought of his own home in Wiltshire, of its cool, elegant, lifeless rooms, and felt quite bleak. He had been so anxious to escape from Bramfield Park, to bring his visit to an end, but to escape to what? And then there was the ball to come. He knew that despite every appearance to the contrary, the Witchhavens expected him to announce his engagement to Sophia at the ball. He suspected that Sophia, with her overweening conceit, had helped to give her parents this impression. And would Lady Cassandra grace the ball? Would she find that handsome young man of her dreams? And while he propelled the chilly statue that was Sophia through the steps of some dance, would he have to witness the spectacle of a Cassandra who was blissfully happy? He decided he was becoming maudlin. He marched up to his room and allowed his valet to prepare him for bed. He banished all thoughts of Lucy or Cassandra or whoever the hell she was firmly from his mind, closed his eyes, and ordered himself to fall asleep. But early the next day he rode into the village and told the surprised tradespeople of Bramfield that Miss Stevens was to have credit on all goods until the end of the year, and that all bills were to be sent to him. After a few days of being confined to her room pretending to be ill, Cassie grew weary of the game now that there was no need for it. She made her way early one morning to Miss Stevens's cottage and found that lady in raptures, because she had discovered that she had unlimited credit in the village shops until Christmas, thanks to Lord Peter's generosity. So you see, said Miss Stevens, it means I can now afford a real maid. Miss Stevens was too happy to explain away her previous fictional servants. Little Lucy Dassett would be glad of the training, and her parents say they would not expect me to pay her much more than meal and board. I shall have a real Lucy and she starts today. Glad of Miss Stevens' good luck, but feeling strangely restless, Cassie finally left and walked through the village, heading for the woods at the other end. She strolled slowly along the path through the woods, hoping that she might hear a call behind her, hear a light, quick footstep, but there was nothing but green silence. The day was so hot that even the birds had ceased to sing. She walked for a long time that day, even returning to Miss Stevens's cottage for tea, but there was no sign of Lord Peter. Despite herself, she was drawn again to spying on the drawing-room that evening. 
This time Lord Peter appeared to be paying a great deal of attention to Sophia. But why, wondered Cassandra bleakly, did she feel so lost and alone? Again, the next day, Cassandra wandered off through the fields and meadows, ending up at Miss Stevens's cottage, but there was no sign of any tall figure pursuing her. She returned wearily to Bramfield Park, using the front door, just as her mother was crossing the hall. "'Cassie!' exclaimed the Countess. "'This is the outside of enough. You are, I gather, fully recovered. The dressing bell has just gone. Come upstairs with me.' You will present yourself to the company, and high time, too. Cassie sat miserably while the lady's maid looked out a suitable gown under the countess's supervision. She twitched nervously while the maid did up her hair. Lord Peter would make a joke of it.